0: Hey Beaver fam, it's Sarah Hendigas, pitcher for the Oregon State softball team. Thanks for tuning in to the Belligerent Beeves podcast. Go beeves and chop them.
1: I think I asked
0: you at like, I don't know, 8 eight p.m. Pacific, how drunk you were. You did. And that was like four hours later, you were still somehow
1: upright. I, yeah, it was, uh, I, I'm, I'm too old for this shit.
0: Just wait until. It's like I was.
1: I wasn't just drinking straight through like the day. Like I stopped. I. I napped. Uh, oh, well then this isn't as fun I, I, as other feet. What? Well, hello there, Hello. Benjamin. My Hi. God, Benjamin cool. Lawrence Sebastian Wehage like the ball ricocheting off the set of hands of an oregon statewide receiver in the valley night here is benny <laughs> 10 minutes late hey we didn't send me shade in the group chat yeah we didn't set a time for the show that we record at the exact same time every week 63 weeks in a row now that's not
2: true, and that you That is know actually it. not true. It has not, not been 63 not weeks not in a row. entirely
1: true. 63 times. You know what has not been done 63 times? Winning is in Oregon's- Fresno? Winning in Fresno. It's been one time. <laughs> and it was last night. And it was a <laughs> hell of a night. But we are here on the 63rd episode of the Belligerent Peeves podcast to celebrate that one time. Welcome, Benny. Welcome, JP. Welcome, Beaver fam. Uh and Benny just got up to leave again. Um looks like it's a quick quick trip back. Just just needed to set that mood lighting on uh on this audio medium. It looks nice. It's important
2: tonight. Looks Thanks. looks
1: very nice. Looks looks uh spectacular. It is uh Sunday night, uh September 11th, 2022. The your Oregon State Beavers are 2 and 0. Oh, After a thrilling victory in the Valley, first win in Fresno in program history, Jack Coletto, the hero, walking off uh, at a game that wrapped up around 1.30 a.m. Central Time. (laughs) And I was in Beaver Fam. I'm not going to lie to you. uh, I was talking to these guys a little bit about it. Uh, I was in rough shape. (laughs) <laughs> due to just the way in which I celebrated the game as it was taking place and how late the game ended. Not the best start to today for me, but entire entirely worth it. And and I, I think both of you feel somewhat the
2: same. Yeah. I uh I, I'm just I'm just sleepy. I could not get to bed last night, did not fall asleep until I think it was three thirty. How could anyone get to bed 3:30? last night? Three <laughs>
0: thirty? holy crap dude, dude. i was can't...
2: watching highlights over and over oh and then God. even but he so i stopped watching highlights probably at like 1 30 or 2 but still even after that it was just highlights are I dancing
0: in your head as you close your eyes and lay on your pillow at night
1: 3 30 is wild Betty. yeah that's
0: wild i was up still pretty late but i was awaiting my 15 minute covid test results so
2: <laughs> and
0: do
1: do you, do you have covid as of last night, no. But I feel worse today, so I'm going to take well, one tonight. You You can't get COVID by listening to a podcast that has <laughs> someone with COVID on it. I, I'm I'm pretty sure the CDC has declared. But that. like my
0: kids, both have it, and like my my baby Penelope, she's recently double vaxxed. I am
1: staying mm. with you. Five days from now, I know I, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to see Benny in three days. We, we we maybe need to talk about. This. I think it's just that like
0: that back to school cold that just inflicts the okay. entire family because Dude, yeah. contingency
1: they, plan. No, uh, all right. Do, do I have to wear a mask in your house the entire time that I'm there this weekend? Yes, a chopper <laughs> mask. Prefer you're the
2: only one. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Right. I just shop- don't want to smell your breath. The ma- the mask from Pulp Fiction, but it's branded uh with chop 'em logos. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, well how did you feel this morning, JP? How you weren't up as late as as us no, I got up. Animals, I got up, so... and
0: my my throat was still kind of sore. Um, the kids were getting progressively worse. and then, like I did my regular routine. I got up, I had coffee, I started watching some pregame football's first you know week one NFL, week and then one. hopped on the peloton, hopped off, and like after that, I was like, I'm in rough shape, and I pretty much lost my entire day to just feeling miserable until maybe about three o'clock today. I I mean, I still have a sore throat, but I don't have the headache. I don't have, like, I don't know, everything else. This is
1: how you know we're old. I'm feeling like one of the biggest wins of Oregon State being 2-0 is the possibility of no longer having, like, the midnight kickoff times uh, because they'll be good enough in the the national mainstream college football media's eyes to have their game earlier in the day. I'm knocking on wood. But I'm just saying, when you have a winning record and you're winning games, uh, generally, they put your games earlier in the day. And I'm ready for that. I know
0: selfishly, yeah, that it makes sense. And like not just you selfishly, but I think even a lot of fans would love true. that. And watching at home or going to a game, they would love an earlier kickoff. But I do feel like there is a little bit of a silver lining to these late kickoffs. We'll get the the number, the viewership numbers tomorrow, I believe, at uh, least yeah. estimates. Um, but, but being one of the only shows in town at that point in time is big for the Beeves. And so I, I feel like it's premature for us to shift to like, all right, we're I good. I'm Let's not get these S- eyeballs and compete against the sec and the big 10 for viewership in the middle of the day. Not saying that we, I wouldn't love having an earlier kickoff, but, but I've started to come around on these late kickoffs because if, as long
1: as we're winning it, 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 it works in our
2: favor. Well, Yep.
1: I'll be hungover as hell every Saturday for the every Sunday for the rest of my life if it means the Peeves won the night before. <laughs> <laughs>
2: where,
1: where where do I sign if that's the agreement? I, that, that's that's a more agreeable thing than uh, Scott Frost getting fired three 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 weeks before his uh, his payout would have dropped. So easy easy seven and a half million for for Scott
2: Frost there. But I think I think for for the kickoffs, though, like for me, I've always just liked the atmosphere around a night game um i think it just adds just that much more excitement to the game and like really the the sort of um down uh, side to having a late kickoff is uh, the argument's traditionally been that like east coast writers are not going to be able to see you play but really that's just to get in the top 25 and as we'll get into later the top 25 does not matter especially this early
1: yeah right. not for not for now yeah and on that note, it appears that a lot of top twenty-five voters were not watching last night. <laughs> Losers, no.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Today's today's rankings. I don't care if the beats are in or not, but like it, you just wonder how much football they actually watch.
2: Before they decide Dude, what they vote, no I just I, kidding,
0: and and I'm not sitting here just to be like shouting at clouds, and but like I, it just still feels like where are you basing a lot of this from? And I've seen some chatter on on Twitter from the Beaver Fam, and it's it's been like, well, you know, they've got the the talent, they've got the pedigree, they got the coaching, they've got the results from last season, and this is where they derive those early the early rankings from, of course, they I mean, get to draw them from somewhere, but then. Yeah. Like they, but then they put no weight in some of these early games either. Like, cause they can't be to a certain degree that wrong, right? Like it's an ego, it's a shot of ego. And so the, like you just said, Benny, it doesn't matter, especially this early. Right. Not at all.
2: And it, it, it does, it doesn't matter. But every single writer that put Notre Dame ahead of Oregon state this week, which there were some should have their credentials. Absolutely. Yeah, there are absolutely some, a lot. A lot. Yeah. There are a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. And I know we 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 shit on that too, and we were shitting on it during the spaces last night. By the way, shout out to everyone who uh, tuned into our usual halftime spaces, uh, and then not not regretably, but I was so excited. I, I think Coletto was still on on the paint of the end zone when I texted the group chat post game spaces now we're we're doing this. <laughs> <So> <laughs> normally i try and stop my celebrations to where i can confirm there's no flag that one i like got up and screamed and like i had just was one of the guys who made the block that helped jackhammer get into the end zone <laughs> uh, so shout out for anyone who uh, showed up to the post game spaces to uh, the multiple post game spaces <laughs> uh, while we got our uh, while we were a little disorganized and got our, our beaves in a dam that that's what we say instead of ducks in a row in case you're new uh, beaves in a that's dam right. it's, it's much better uh, bees in the bees in the trap that also works. <laughs> uh, but we were kind of shitting on the the top 25 rankings, of A people, and also just like college. Where people were talking about, like, whoa, will, will college game day come to Corvallis when we play USC or something like that? And I feel like I want to walk it back a little bit because right away I was just like, mm, fuck college game day. And I feel like, you know, that's something that I, I, I <laughs> will double down on a little bit. Like that, all that outside noise, uh, these people who have talked about the same six teams for the last 20 years i i don't really care about but i do know that it does mean a lot to people to to see oregon state ranked in the top 25 bowl and to and to get that recognition like having game day come Uh, so i don't want to diminish the the great feeling that those uh acknowledgements bring to the beaver fam and i mean just we we talk about a lot on the show and in any of our content just in our interactions with listeners like we deserve every great feeling right now and the top 25 poll uh, or being ranked in the top 25 or getting something like college game day is certainly just a a benefit of, of this, of this situation. So I didn't want to come in like that's, I didn't want to have, you know, old man yells at clouds type stuff or get off my lawn with your loud music and your college game day and your numbers by your name in the scoreboard. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I would, I would, truthfully, I would love to see us ranked in the AP top 25, but I understand. I understand the reality that we're not, I don't understand the logic for why we're not. I just get it. I can connect those dots as to why those voters did not vote for us. It's It's bullshit. Yeah. Uh, Jack Coletto for Heisman and <laughs> Benny's 15 and no national championship prediction is still alive. Yes. That's right
0: this is so that much is right. Than last year when it was done after week one, dude,
2: um, that was the first thing that crossed my stoned mind in West Lafayette, Indiana is <laughs> what, how are we going to go on from here? It's like bro. before like, the first game. And over. then
1: immediately after that, like three more people yelled that at you on our walk of shame back to our Airbnb <laughs> from the no. stadium.
2: <laughs> so true. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's a lot more fun uh being 2 and 0 than uh one, it was it, it was 1 and 1. We oh, 1 oh and
1: 1. And yeah, 1 and 1. We were 0 we and 1 last year. Um so and then yeah, we're 2 and 0 now. Man, I walk-off wins in baseball are uh are stressful. Walk-off wins in football are really stressful.
2: Oh man.
1: Before we sort of get into like the real meat of the episode we do just need to talk about the manner in which this uh-huh. football game ended because that was wild shit
2: yeah <laughs> dude yeah it, the most stressed out i've ever been watching a, a sporting event in recent memory for sure and shout
1: out to whoever it was on the halftime spaces it, it, it was someone that we've interacted with a bunch and I, the name is just escaping me uh but predicted i don't i don't know that they got the exact 35 32 scoreline correct but they did say they predicted a beaver win while we were chatting at halftime in the spaces but did say we're not getting out of this without a heart attack yeah who was god damn it was if that was you let us know because we want to give you proper props yeah that was exactly right what a final few minutes uh in the Valley. Uh, I love that after our spaces, uh, post-game spaces debacle, JP named the spaces to just, Terry, stop. We won. Yeah. And also our friends Caleb and Caleb (laughs) from the Beware of Bulldogs podcast. I saw the Beware of Bulldogs account was in our spaces for a little bit, but left to start their own spaces. And do you want to know what the name of their spaces was? (laughs) Fuck! (laughs) It was just pain. Uh, and (laughs) that's been us so many times yeah it's relatable
2: (laughs) yeah yeah man i mean that was one of those games where it was so amazing to win in the fashion that we won but man that would be crushing to lose in that way
0: yeah i mean you you have to kind of rewind it back to not just in the game which i think is important of the you know that the up and down roller coaster from, an, from the opposing perspective, but also look, I mean, like they thought they were going to beat us. Like, I don't think that there were very many Fresno State fans, especially, or pr- I'm assuming that uh, there were probably very many players or coaches that would have chalked up this as, as an L um, after never winning in Fresno and yep. coming back for the first time in like what has been a very slow and steady build for the Fresno Bulldog football team in the program where ours has been uh, a crash-and-burn rebuild. Um, yep. Also on a very fast ascension, but in the eyes of outsiders, they could easily say we're not at the point where Fresno State is with stability. Um, this should be should be a, a kind of staple win for their season. And they had it in the bag. They had it in the bag, and that's why... Several and, times. And, yeah, and the the back-and-forth in the final, like, what, four minutes of the fourth quarter, essentially... Is what makes this the most heartbreaking for a bulldog fan, and so I feel for them because we've been on that other side, not very often, because usually things were out of hand by the fourth quarter, um, right? When, when, and our, and our right. down times or our you know major upset losses, but to be to be f- completely frank, I saw us being on the other side until really like a minute left in the game. Like at that point, I was like, "Well, we yeah. only had our chance." And uh, certainly,
2: certainly, when they got their touchdown with a what was it? A minute, a minute four minute left. Five.
0: Yeah, minute, minute, minute four minute five. five.
2: I didn't think I thought we were going to be on that side of it until um Musgrave caught that ball uh, from Chance to yeah. put him in. uh It was I think it was inside the twenty. But it was like the thirty-plus yard pass, right? Yep. But until that it was to the point, fourteen. To the fourteen. Yeah. Yeah. And and until that point, it was just kind of like you you just sort of cross your fingers and hope for the best. Um, but I think that um, you know the, the the game, and we were talking about it on the spaces last night. But I'm obviously as a fan that it it is intense to go through a game like that. But I think that that it was that it was good for the team um, because you want this team, no matter if it's against Montana State next week or USC the following week, or when they potentially get into a Pac-12 championship game, hopefully, right? Like you want them to be battle tested. You want them to have to have to have to rely on the experiences that they gained from games like at Fresno State, yep, um, where you learn a lot from that, uh, and and I think more so than learning like. Tactics and and um, sort of what to do in a situation like that. Like you learn to trust yourself and you learn to trust your teammates. And I think that uh, you know with with Trayshawn Harrison he had an abysmal first half and really third quarter too. And the fact that now he knows, Hey, I can play like shit all game long, Yeah. but when it comes down to crunch time, like I I'm coming through, I'm going to win this for the team. Like he has that swagger built into him now. And same thing with Musgrave, same thing with Fenwick, like, all these players that really struggled to make an appearance or or made a mistake in the first half or third quarter, um, they were all part of those two uh, last drives that Oregon State had. It's so funny. I was
0: thinking this the whole time last night, and then now that you brought it up again, and it is so clearly true that what they proved on the field in, in that fourth quarter, especially after a very sluggish first half, Um, says a lot about this team. It says a lot about the direction of the players' mentalities, about their skill sets, about the coaches, and how they believe in their personnel. Because they didn't just start swapping people out. Like, this isn't working. They didn't make a panic move. They stuck with their guns. They kept going to guys that it didn't work out with originally. And it paid off. And it paid off big time. I mean, Musgrave was silent in the first half. Chance did yeah. not pl- have a good game. Fenwick was not running the ball very well. People were already ready to help him find his way to the bench. And yep. all of the the coaches went back to all of those guys again, to Harrison, to everybody. They went back in their direction. They did not roll it back and say, yeah, we're doing we're doing something different. They know where their strengths are. They leaned into them. And the players bought in and believed they could do it too. And so I think – this isn't this isn't just a great come from behind, thrilling, exciting into a game on the road. That means a lot to our program, means a lot for the season, but it means a ton for what these players have in their own self-confidence and the coach's confidence in them going forward as well.
1: Yep. Yeah. Well something that struck me before this game is watching Jonathan Smith's press conference last week. He spent a couple of minutes before even opening it up to questions uh, praising Silas Bolden for all the things Bolden does that don't show up in the box score, uh, specifically uh, the downfield block he had that helped spring Coletto on sort of the game ceiling touchdown run against right. Boise state. And then of course Bolden gets the, that big play opportunity uh, for the 36 yard touchdown run in this game. Players like Musgrave and Harrison, uh, and then also you know, Fenwick who put the ball on the ground again, thankfully, recovered it and then had a great second half. But Harrison uh, made a massive play blocking downfield on Bolden's touchdown. Musgrave yeah. made a massive play blocking downfield on, on Harrison's touchdown. I think the coaching staff is really – when you make a mistake, it's like, like, all right, like you you made the mistake. It's in the past. There's nothing we can do about it now, and we trust in you enough <laughs> – to keep going to you, and because they're doing all of the little things right that don't show up in the stat sheet. And it's just been such a long road to get to a team that's just that tight from a, a discipline spot. And yeah, have all, all of these pass catchers. Yeah, I know they dropped. We had a very frustrating night with drops. Uh, it wasn't Musgrave's sharpest game for three and a half quarters either, but. Literally, yeah. every single one of those guys went to the Larry Fitzgerald School of Downfield Blocking and <laughs> have been fantastic <laughs> in that regard. Uh, so they're making plays away from the ball. So I think it's just they've done everything to instill confidence in the coaches uh, in them so that even when you do have a mistake, I kind of hope the first play of this Saturday's game against Man- Montana State is called for Makaya Tongue because he had a tough drop and didn't really get the opportunity. That's by the right. way, the game script went just to. You know, not even like totally redeem yourself, but just so that your it's your most the most recent play in your memory uh isn't a play like that. But yeah, it's an up and down up and down game. And great that we could win a thriller and especially in a game where there's sort of a lot of weird shit happen. Like what Matthew Berry used to say in his first fantasy football post of the season back when he was at ESPN about when people would ask him for like things you can guarantee for Certain seasons where he'd say, Dude, it's an oblong ball made of leather. Weird shit's gonna happen, <laughs> and it's about reacting to that weird shit. And I think we're, we're through two games now that's always like, We're gonna react to the weird shit in a positive way. Uh, and uh, in, in most cases, through these first you know, eight quarters of the season, uh, flip it uh, to our dramatic advantage. So, great, cheers. A great night in the valley. Cheers, cheers, we should do beers, cheers. We- cheers, and let's talk about beers. And happy tears. The, the, the rhyming uh, brain cell is still recovering from all the damage I did last night.
2: <laughs> the one remaining. Uh, the one it's remaining just hanging one. on. So it's oh. hanging,
1: hanging by a thread uh, like, like <laughs> Sylvester Stallone and Cliffhanger. Uh, JP, why don't you get us started tonight? Um, what are you celebrating with on this fine Sunday evening? So as we wrapped up our Mountain
0: West tour and walked away 2-0, <laughs> Uh, I found this a very fitting IPA from my local Great Notion. Shout out Great Notion on Alberta. Um, it's a West Coast IPA called Magnetic West. And um, it's a very clear, clean-looking IPA. You can almost like see my eyeball through the glass. And uh, I just felt like, yeah, you know, more attention should be on West Coast football. It's bullshit still. Then that was la- – like last night was – clearly an indication that some of our matchups are far superior than what you're getting across the country all day on Saturday. So I really do feel that, uh, and we talked about this earlier that, but Oregon state will thrive in that seven o'clock kickoff time because there'll be nothing else left to watch, nothing to compete with. And it's going to be West coast football and we are going to be the name that everyone wants to watch and remembers every Sunday morning. So Hell that's yeah. why I picked this one. And it's Magnetic good. West. Magnetic West.
1: All Eyes West, baby. Dope. Will you please play Five Seconds of All Eyes on Me by Tupac Shakur? You know,
2: eyes on me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is that our first Tupac? It can't be. It might be. It might be. Shout out, Tupac. Shout out, Tupac. Shame on us if that's the case. I know. Yeah. Damn. That's interesting. And not to dive into it, because this is the beer segment. But um, it, you bring up an interesting point that like, people in Beaver in the Beaver fam obviously talk about the lack of respect that Oregon State gets. But I think there's a lack of respect that Fresno State gets, too. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that is a solid point. Yeah. Fresno State's a very good team.
0: And you know who's got like a noon kickoff on Fox uh, next Saturday?
2: Fresno State. <laughs> Nebraska. Notre Dame.
0: Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Nebraska! All right? I'm like, Shit. fine, fine. Put them
2: on. Put, go ahead. Doesn't bother me. So I saw the news about Scott Frost getting canned uh, from an, a tweet by Ashton, where she had said, "It's like shouldn't have fired Mike Riley." The True. <laughs> True. I,
1: Nebraska is playing Oklahoma. Well, I, <laughs> well, we're playing Montana
2: State. We're yeah. playing
1: Montana State. Yeah. Shout out What's to your Bobcats. Point? What's your point? I just I, – I get it. I don't even know that I want the 11 a.m. Central time kickoff. Anyway, I'll I'll find something to complain about with the kickoff time, I guess, is what I'm saying. JP, your untapped score for All Eyes West. Uh, I gave it a four
0: because, you know, West Coast IPAs are always, like, lighter. So, And I I like something a little more flavor-forward um lovely but a four is a, a solid score it's a i'll drink it again
1: nice uh benny it looks like you're drinking something that looks like pedialyte and i can't hate on that because i was drinking a lot of pedialyte earlier this late morning afternoon uh, it, is it is it was nice. the only thing it was the only thing there for me <laughs> <laughs> i might have it's... some more before i go to bed to be honest <laughs>
2: Dude, this is this is maybe one of the best drinks I've ever had. Uh, it's it's Whoa. called Roar, Roar Organic Complete Hydration Georgia Peach. Uh, flavor it Can is you
1: check the ingredients w- for b25 so what <laughs> <Yeah>. are you <laughs> sure it's not What's it's just b25? not two thousand. it's not 2009 right now <laughs> <laughs> it's a special vitamin that makes you 25 years old
2: <laughs> <laughs> it is it's very very good uh, I also did uh, break my rule and take an edible uh, a little bit before the show. So No
0: wonder you forgot uh, when we were recording. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> what are we doing again? Um, <laughs> you guys, yeah. the, the
1: eyes and ears of the nation are upon us now because of the Bees football being undefeated. We got to <laughs> keep our <laughs> never in our game. Never. College Game Day is scouting podcast now. <laughs> Every voter is No wonder you turned your tune. Podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't even said fuck yet. Oh wait, <laughs> shit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, roar.
1: Get it. Roar. 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 Uh, JP, please play five seconds of "Roar" by <laughs> Katy Perry. By your mom. My, my mom. <laughs> shout out my mom i don't think she stayed up and watched the game though Well oh, then don't shout her out she and she did watch the green bay packers lose to the minnesota vikings today so she's <laughs> really not happy but i um i uh, didn't ha- make it to the liquor store or anywhere uh to buy beer this afternoon uh, because reasons so I had, when I was drinking during the Oregon State Fresno State game, it's my favorite. It's hams. Oh, can nice. an old school can? I Brewed thought it was a Montucky. The, of the sky blue. Island. Ooh, I do like Montucky cold snacks, though, too. I love yeah, just a big saying Montucky it. Montucky fan. It, yeah, it's a great, great name all around. Uh, and, yeah, I give uh, hams a five on untapped. Wow. Five out of five. <laughs> The only one I've rated. <laughs> That's not true. You're on Untapped. I am on Untapped. I have not been on it in in years though. Yeah. Maybe I'll maybe I'll revive that. Maybe that'll be my gift for you. For, for Christmas this year. Thanks. Sure. I'll take it. I'm sure you will.
0: Hey, before right.
1: we jump back in though to football,
0: obviously, I do want to say that we have a lot of thoughts, questions from listeners popping through Twitter. So I will try to interject their questions. When appropriate, um, and if it's like on topic, right? But I do think that we should kick
1: off with one. of you well, guys, I, I do think the listeners would appreciate if we did a proper cheers. Oh, talking about our beers, cheers! Cheers to two and oh, boys. I'm
0: drinking out of a it's all about the beaver glass, by the way. It is from
2: uh, Belching oh, nice. Beaver
0: belching beaver brewing san God, diego we gotta, we gotta do a collab with
1: them we have to it's belching the beaver. belching
2: belligerent beef come on yeah we're,
1: we're right here we're belligerently right belligerently belching belligerently belching belligerent belching.com don't go there yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right uh let's get let's get into the listener questions the, yeah. the fan questions on the fan cam uh, JP, you said you have one that you would like to start with.
0: Yeah, I think it's appropriate. Um, this fr- it comes from our friend, Just T. Mill, Travis Miller, uh, our our Purdue counterpart uh, oh, yeah. from Hammer and Rails. Uh, on Travis? He, yeah, he asks a very appropriate question about um, the remainder of the season, so I thought we'd start broad, and then we'd get you know, more focused. And his says... Uh, how does the death of the queen affect the remainder of Oregon State's season? <laughs>
1: I, well, I need to know. How does the death of the queen? Well, you guys the saw her parting her. words, right? Yeah, th- th- you can't spell "chopping" without "hope." Which yeah. Thank you, Scott, mag- for capturing that your, screenshot. you're officially majesty. from the internet. Yeah. Well, we appreciate <laughs> the sentiment. We already know, and uh, there, there's <laughs> a lot of there's a lot of Irish blood flowing through the veins of this podcast. Uh, so while we, we don't find it appropriate to celebrate death in, in, in any means, this isn't going to be a, a, a eulogy uh, or funeral episode. We reserve, we reserve that for orgas season. <laughs> <laughs> it's way too early for a funeral. Um, I think it is a sign that uh, the traditional monarchy, oh, and our idea of what that looks like <laughs> has fallen. I will not infer what anyone else would like they to They like infer. to dress up and wear Ooh. fancy clothes. 70 years of the status quo. Never do quo anything worthwhile. Is now dead. <laughs> 70 years of status quo. Uh, it's a new world, baby. 70 years of celebrating uh, minor achievements a little bit more than uh, was merited, I would guess. Yeah, <laughs> if, you, if you will, uh, dancing uh, on, on the mountains of that were built by other people. Um, <laughs> that monarchy, that symbol, is gone, dead, yeah. long gone. Ooh. and to usher in the new, sometimes the old need to be put to rest. Kyburn said that in season six of Game of Thrones.
0: Oh, I like that. I almost thought you were going to say be put down, and I felt like that would be more humane but also more creepy so i like your version
1: okay we, we can be I'm, humane and creepy simultaneously i'm getting so all tingly I, I that... from
2: this uh analogy terry
1: good yeah making wow. you tingle is the entire <laughs> terry together tingles. we tinkle no that one is... calls me that for a reason together we tinkle and terry i tingle what uh i feel like i should have stopped talking at least 20 seconds ago so i'm going to stop. <laughs> there and listen to what Benny has to say
2: I'll interject and say you know if uh if the queen is going to be instilling any uh goodwill on any team she's going to be looking for a familiar name and for a program that had at one time Sir Henry Anderson oh yes uh, the knight. I, I, I think uh she would be looking fondly down on Corvallis um, yeah. But I feel weird saying that after Terry's analogy now.
0: I know Terry, way to make things so
1: morbid and terrible. God. <laughs> the question was about death. So I'm, I'm just meeting. I'm meeting the question where the question's at. Uh, <laughs> but shout right. out Travis. I'm. It's uh, about Great a year questions. ago. Last week we hung out with Travis, so I'm, yeah. I'm happy he's still right. interacting with us.
0: Um, okay, so next next bullet, though, let's talk about Jonathan Smith's balls. Okay. Whew.
1: Yeah. A topic that should be discussed more on this podcast <laughs> is the size of Jonathan Smith's balls. I, my, my favorite tweet that Dashiell has ever had was simply <laughs> two words – giant balls
2: <laughs> that is the
1: perfect, most
2: un-dashel tweet
1: perfect modern journalism <laughs> I'm, I'm dead serious that tweet should win a pulitzer It really
2: should. It's so no
1: exclamation point you know no and because it's you know dashel's not a fan he's a journalist he's a professional it's the way to uh include testicular terminology <laughs> in a professional way and he did it perfectly <laughs> you
0: no know, but this this whole idea that jonathan smith is dragging balls uh on the floor below him has spawned memes it has spawned gifts it has yeah. it has spawned trending topics on twitter so
1: how big are they who's wait what quite who what listener sent this one? oh
0: so yeah the the natural a foster 13 said how big coach smith's balls really are it was a topic he wanted us to cover so
2: man dude you uh, so i've seen video
0: evidence as a meme that he is dragging them uh, across an animated sidewalk
2: uh, that looks to be
0: that looks to be made of paper but i cannot confirm that other than it is clearly (laughs) jonathan smith's face thus they must be his
2: so, so they're uh, large. The the obvious right is that he he went for it on fourth with three seconds left. But I think even more so than that is he comes out and he was going to he was going to kick the field goal. I don't right? think I don't think he, I don't think he, he was. ever was. No? Uh,
1: I might disagree. I don't, I don't think he was. They snapped it. They snapped it after the whistle blew.
2: Okay. Well, I so, think to and, make it, and I make was it, going to make I think the to argue. make it
1: appear. Okay. I thought that whole thing was a show game, but that's not All the right. question, so I'll stop.
2: Well, it was good because it fooled me, um, <laughs> and and I don't I don't think that that it played out like this, but it looked like this in the narrative that uh, Smith was like, "All right, you're gonna ice my kicker. We'll just fucking win it right now." Then, yeah. and I thought that was really cool, like that whole scenario, and and I get that's I was building some of that in my head. But uh, I, I want to live in that sort of fantasy world right there. I think that he showed giant giant balls though. I mean, I, Mike Riley, I don't think would have done this, right? Uh, the the one that shall not be named wouldn't have done this. And so this is uh, – it's kind of new for Oregon State, to be honest.
1: It's hard to go for a walk-off touchdown instead of going for a tie when you're losing 47-6. to six.
2: So. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Hey, but that's no, true. I disagree.
0: I disagree that Riley would have done this. I do think that Riley, he Riley has done this. He did do this. There were times he went for two to win a game. Uh, His, Sun Sun 2006 I, Sun Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, so – and like that's a <laughs> – that's a little bit bigger of a stage than than week two on the road at Fresno State. No offense, Riley. Rally, rally had some know. some
1: grand grand cojones.
0: Yeah, he did. In the biggest moments, he would make uh, a gamble. Uh, I don't think. I think he was by the book for most of his calls throughout the season. He just wanted to march to the end of the season, get to the bull game. But then he he'd gamble a bit there. Uh, but I I I think that this shows a lot about Jonathan Smith. It shows a lot about his mindset. As a coach to go for the kill, especially yep. when uh, odds were set against you up until the last minute of mm-hmm. that game over the last what 50 fucking years, whatever it's been. So, like, he it was like, we could go home as losers that tried to win on the road yep. at a stadium we have never won at and that I still have a monkey on my back from not winning at.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Or... We can slice their throats, move on, show everybody that yeah, we're we're here to play. We mean we mean business, and let's not forget he did it because he has Jack Coletto.
1: Right, that's exactly right. It's yeah. a good understanding of personnel. Yes. So that that's where I'm like it's it's not. This this is gonna gonna come off as me being like, oh, his balls aren't that big, uh, which else oh, is- here comes wet blanket Terry. It's not wet blanket. <laughs> it's also just, and I know like the the win probability, the the most likely scenario of Oregon State coming out with a win in that situation, like the probably the most risk averse play is probably to run it with Coletto to try and win the whole thing. A field goal extends the game, but then you're going into overtime with a, a quarterback
2: who was yep. didn't feel Rowdy like he grabbed. was in a rhythm
1: until the fourth quarter. So I, mm-hmm. I feel like he, while it is like, if you don't get it, the game's over, it, I didn't think it was like this insanely risky thing that, like you that hardly any coaches would do maybe a lot of coaches would hesitate but also there's it was the right choice though it was the, it was the right movement there's definitely a, a argument to be made for it which is why we're talking about it but so I don't know metaphorically or literally the guy's got some big balls on them and they're probably made of brass uh he's a tough motherfucker and we already knew that about him so
2: they are the right size I I agree with that, dude, and I think that um, I think that's a good thing for Jonathan Smith. I think it's a compliment to Jonathan Smith because I thought about this a lot more so today than last night. But uh, if, last night we were up till
0: three a.m. thinking about the game.
2: No, I was just excited last night. I wasn't oh. trying to dissect it, but I was thinking like. Would I have felt that that was the right call? Because I, I definitely felt like that was the right call. But would I have felt that way if Coletta wouldn't have got, gotten in? And I think you you could make the argument of like, well, you were on that play enough times and, you know, they, they knew it was coming. Coletta was bound to get stuffed at some point. Um, we, he? we had the momentum. I'm just saying, like, Statistically we were maybe, to be yeah. pondering on this, if yeah. he weren't to have made it, um, And and, like, chance was heating up. Our defense wasn't bending uh, in or wasn't breaking typically in, in the red zone. So I think the argument could be made that the odds would have favored us in overtime. But here's the thing is the, the game would have come down to a single play no matter what. Yeah, right. And might as well have that single play be you on the two yard line with a close to a guarantee as, as what can be afforded to you in college football. Yeah. You know, I, I think he, I think he played those odds, exactly the way he should have
0: yep and also like again he had jack coletto it wasn't like a running back that could get stuffed in the backfield this is jack coletto that always falls forward for two yards at minimum so it was a two-yard run that's all we needed we had three seconds left it was the final play and like honestly like like you said we go to overtime we weren't stopping Mims and we weren't stopping Hainer. I mean, we contained no. them a little bit like enough to win, obviously, but, right. we, but who knows? I mean, one deep ball from Hayner that he could put a perfect touch on to, uh, exploit an exhausted secondary that had played a hell yeah. of a game. Could have just been it. That'd been, that been over. It'd been over. And I, and like, it's a, it's a, it's a coin flip. It's, It's not worth gambling when you've got the game in your hand. And that's why I think that, like, I don't know who's on the sidelines. If Jonathan Smith is a genius, if Lindgren's a genius, and then their brains, they're calculating odds on the fly every given moment. But that had to have been the highest odds at any moment of this game to win the game, including any future plays that may have come thereafter. So you did what
1: you had to do. You had the right personnel out there. You knew your personnel. You won, even though the ESPN game cast still had the win probability as one hundred percent for <laughs> Fresno State after the play had happened, and the score said Oregon State thirty-five, Fresno State thirty-two, with no time on the clock. Uh, I think we're all in agreement with this, and that uh, Jonathan Smith, uh, in impressive, impressive pair of family jewels down there is yep. is my my thesis quick sure.
0: quick thoughts on uh, Jack Coletto we've got people just wanting us to talk about uh, hammer emojis uh, I mean just like wh- what oh. you, that he is historically good uh, is one of the comments we got as well. So honestly, is there anything else to say about him at this point?
2: Really? I, I just want to share a thought that that I had last night watching the game of um, last year, Coletta was like a jackknife, right? He was a, a you could put him in so many different situations and, um, you know, he, he would thrive in those situations. But last night I was like, Jack Coletto is going to go down as one of the best football players for Oregon State. Uh, certainly, one of the, the most revered and well liked uh, fan favorite. And remember, I think just inter- yeah. in, in terms of his, like, I don't even know how to put it, but like the significance that he brings to uh, any Oregon State team, but specifically this Oregon State team that is pulling themselves out of the depths of the gutter that we saw them in five years ago um, and is, is doing it so well on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball like he's good he is going to go down as one of the special players to put on mount rushmore of oregon state football i think
0: i agree i definitely agree and i and i want to take it actually even further than his like athletic ability um i want to talk about like the fact that he's adapted to various roles within the program amongst multiple coaches yeah, and yep. like been shuffled on both sides of the ball. Like, I mean, Dash will call this out the other day. Like, there there is no replacement. There's there's no replacement. Like, there's no way we're grooming anyone to be the next Jack Coletto. And it's just not gonna happen, right? Because the guy has a skill set that's super unique, and yeah. it, it stems also from how humble he is as a person. That he can say, "I'm here for the team. If I'm not a quarterback, I'm not just transferring." You want me to right. play linebacker? Fine, I'll play linebacker. Hey, you want me to go back on the other side of the ball again and start carrying the ball in like our biggest moments? Fine, I'll do that again. You should have had me be quarterback, maybe. I mean, like, right? Like, any other player can rightfully think, "No, this isn't what I'm here for." And I and I right. think with him, he's shown that team and men- team first mentality, and he's got the talent to back it up. Uh, and, and and that's what Oregon state needs the most. That's what, like all of our programs need that. We need people who buy in for the, for their team more than their own individualistic exposure or success. And he's the epitome of that. I mean, I can't think of anybody else and across any other sport at Oregon state who defines that more than Jack Coletto.
2: Agreed. I completely agree. I mean, it's a unique situation where um, the football team has only had this rise one other time before and really been in this much despair that we saw five years ago. And that was like coming from the 97, 98 season and, and making that Hawaii Bowl. And then that progressed into the Fiesta Bowl. But that's the only, I think, similar rise that you could make a comparison to the, as to what we're seeing right now. So I, I completely agree with you, though. I don't think that there was a player of that caliber uh, that was asked to do as much as what Jack has been asked to do. And I can't think of another Oregon State team where, where that has been the case.
0: Well, yeah, and even now with the, with the transfer portal and everything else, like you don't need to do that. If you're like, no, right. I'm a quarterback, I'm a quarterback, put, put me there or I'm leaving you can do that so much easy, more easily now, and you can do that. He could have done that. It wasn't sure. as easy as it is today for him You know, four years ago, but he still could have done that four years ago and been a quarterback somewhere right now. And mm-hmm. the fact that he's not
1: says a lot about his character. Right. I, got, I agree with everything you guys said, so I don't want to belabor the point. The only thing I'll add is that I have a feeling a Jack Coletto pass play is being dialed up for a big moment. At some point this season. Do you think Maybe it will it be happens. a jump
2: pass or a drop back pass? Either. Both. I think it will be a jump pass to he'll, Musgrave.
1: He'll do to himself. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. Quarterbacks <laughs> have thrown touchdown passes to themselves before. Shut up, Brad Johnson. Uh yeah. <laughs> love, love Jack Coletto. <laughs> All right. Next question. These are fun. I like these. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, now we're
0: really getting to the gritty about uh, the future. So, um, most of most of the people are writing in about the game next week. Okay,
1: Which we'll all be at. We will all yeah. be there.
0: Granted, I
1: don't have COVID, which I don't. JP doesn't have COVID, which he does not. <laughs> Definitely doesn't have COVID.
2: <laughs>
1: we'll start with we'll start with
0: our dude Mark Garland. He just want. I mean, this is very tactical. Um, what about Mark? But he, he he like I and I sit on the spaces last night. Like we cannot overlook Montana State. There were people. No, saying, we can't. We'll be three and facing USC. Game day should come to no. Corvallis. Blah blah blah. But like one USC is going to lose to Fresno State. Two us uh, <laughs> us beating montana state isn't just you know already finalized and i think that they their squad that scored 100 oh, games or 100 points over the last two games uh they've given up 30 points over that same time frame let's remember this is their Super bowl uh, until they play montana in like the Grizz cats game or whatever they call it uh whatever their rivalry called but um this is their biggest game until then this is probably their this is likely their biggest game all season, including that game. They're going to come mm-hmm. out and have nothing to lose. Um, and as Mark said, it's a good football team that will be playing with a lot of pride. Uh, so his question is, how can we get pressure on future quarterbacks, I'm going to assume uh, Montana State as well, without sending six guys uh, and leaving leaving our defensive backs on an island?
2: Blitz Rajon Wright. Ooh, that worked against Boise State. And I don't, I, I think I just thought about that right now. So like before you, before you start critiquing this, Terry, I'm just thinking <laughs> out loud here, but we did that against Boise State. We, we blitzed our corners and it worked. Um, I didn't see that against Fresno, but at the same time, <laughs> they're rolling out a five, five wide set. So that yeah. is a little bit tough to do. Uh, Especially if you're playing man, but um, yeah, I think you have to be sneaky about it uh, because, and this is, um, I don't know if this is the case, but it it did seem like we were struggling to get pressure on Hayner last night. Um, And so I don't know if we can rely on um, like our DNs and interior uh, D linemen to, to do that. So you're going to have to bring some pressure in other ways. And I think doing it from either the safety or corner position is a good way to do right. that. Well,
1: and also we, Katano C- Ladapo had a sack on Hainer, I believe our only sack yeah. on Hainer uh, last night and now and Ryan Cooper, nice Jr. Sack. had a sack in the first game. Uh, so I, I think using safety help and then whoever's in at uh, the nickel position, whether it be uh Cooper or, or Harge or, or one of those guys, I think is a yeah. way to do it. I think Mark is maybe asking a little bit about not just incorporating blitzes uh, because there is an inherent bit of risk. Uh, I thought Chatfield looked good last night. I thought Riley Sharp looked really good. Um, I think maybe if there, if um bray feels that we have the personnel to uh maybe sub in some more guys and i know we we don't typically sub a lot on either the offensive or defensive line that could be a possibility so just you're having more fresh pass rushers in there um as a way to keep the pass rush alive beyond just sending more pass rushers. Uh, if it's a fresh, fresh two on the end or totally fresh four, um, but that also creates uh, vulnerability for uh, illegal substitution penalties and, you know, k- killing drives. So it is hard. That's if that's something they haven't worked on uh, maybe Montana state's a good game to roll that out. Uh, but I, I think the pass rush is playing well and isn't putting up the gaudy, easy, sexy numbers in the box score that peep that I think are often just used as a crutch. So I kind of just want to see Brace sticking with uh, his guns here and we can reevaluate with a bigger sample size. But I think it, it is a very interesting question and I'll be very curious to see uh, how he treats it going into this Montana state game. And then of course the next week against USC as well.
2: Yeah. I, I agree with you though, that I I think that you can't really change up the game plan against Montana state and you do have to stick to what you know and what you're good at. I yeah. agree with that completely,
1: but maybe I don't know if some of the young guys have uh we obviously don't get to watch practice, but if anyone who's been performing well in practice uh, and that just hasn't translated to snaps, uh, on the field during games, uh, this could be a time to sub in and just maybe try and ignite that pass rush a little bit. Cause yeah. I, I love seeing rage come on the blitz. You can't really do it more than once in, in a game though. Right. That's true. But that one, well,
0: time. you can do it more than once.
1: You can do it more than once, but it's not, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a not a long, play for sure. it's not a long, well, yeah. and also <laughs> he's one of the best cover corners in the country. <laughs> we need, right. we need him out there covering as well. So, but, yeah, I like the question mark, and Oz, I'd love to hear other other ideas um, and stuff. But I thought those guys, Rawls, I was freaked out when Rawls got hurt last night. Um, he almost yeah. had Hainer. He had Hainer in his sights, man. I couldn't oh, believe he yeah, yeah, Hayner yeah. escaped. So, uh, yeah, I, I've been happy with the D-line so far, though. And I, I, th- I think the, those big sack numbers are coming. We just got to be patient with it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to agree with everything you guys said. I, I think you just, you stick with what works. You've been scheming for this the whole time. If it requires that uh, you've got to get less guys on the or you have an opportunity to have less guys down on the line and you still can put pressure on the quarterback, great. But I think the game dictates a lot dictates a lot of that. And uh, we'll we'll just see how it goes. I mean, I I feel like we've contained quarterbacks fairly well thus far. And I know mobile quarterbacks aren't you know our bread and butter, but um. I, I, I'm not. I'm not worried that that uh, Montana State's quarterback's gonna come and like run all over no. us. I mean, like the guy can throw the ball, but I, he's not. And, and he can run a little bit too, but he's not the guy that I'm worried about. Like he'll he'll pick off a twenty or so yard gain if he's gotta make a scramble. But I I'm not worried that this is gonna like disrupt our game plan whatsoever. So I do think that we should just stick with what's working. Of course. Yeah, I was kind of assessing that as more of a big picture thing, but yeah, for for this week. Yeah, yeah, I'm just talking about this week though. I you guys were covering, you know, all season. All right, but on this week, continuing on the discussion of Providence Park and Montana State, our friend beeve Recruiting, at Beave Recruiting, the said International Man of Mystery himself. Yes. <laughs> Who only opted to maybe do a, a, a beaver fan focus if we would scramble his voice and block out his face. That is how serious <laughs> he made this role. <laughs> but he did ask a very good question, but uh, not really a question in a sense, but I think that's something that we can probably speak to very nicely. Um, that we've been to Providence Park before. Terry, you used to work there. I did. In- Back when it was gelled, Wen Field, I think mm-hmm. he would like for us to throw out a bit of like a how to attend a game in Portland discussion. So like, okay. what what should out of towners do?
1: Where where are oh, we gonna be? Is... The, the easy the easy answer to that is meet us at Marathon Taverna before the game, baby. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, the amount of time the three of us and our extended group of friends spent at marathon taverna. Uh I don't want to say it or even try to figure it out. But really <laughs> big part of our early mid and late 20s. And let's re- remind everyone that Marathon is two blocks two blocks two blocks away. from the stadium. So Yeah. It'll be it, it'll be busy, uh but lots of screens so a good place to to watch college football uh in the hours leading up to it. And if you don't want so, to uh, get the food from Marathon, you're just
0: one block, half a block, really, away from McDonald's. The walk-up McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: wonder if the walk-up window is still there. If you find yourself in the neighborhood after hours, uh, you might want to check and see if the McDonald's walk-up window is still open until, like, 4 a.m. or whatever. Uh, we, we were never out that late. We were in bed. Never, getting- Mom. Dad. Dad. <laughs> I would say I, it's been years. I can't remember the last time I went to a Timbers or Thorns match. I was but... there just like a few weeks ago, but we didn't really go out other than like ten barrel or like. There's there's so much to do north of the stadium. Would you say that parking is not that area's strength, and you should allow a lot of extra time for don't parking drive or there. don't drive at all. Don't drive take there. Take the max. Take the take max. max. Take It'll a take Lyft. Right take an there. Uber. Actually, it's definitely
0: taking a lift and Uber. It's very convenient for them. Um, yeah. They've got it set up pretty easily for people to just still drive up to the stadium. And what I have noticed in, in like games that I've attended that are sold out, so you'd assume demand is high. Uh, There's no like flex pricing or anything. It was still fairly affordable to take an Uber or a Lyft to the games. And that's for like a speed convenience if you want – if you want a uh, cost convenience, then definitely take the max. But honestly, screw it all. Go somewhere like get there at noon. Explore north of Burnside and just Yeah. Enjoy 21st maybe. Yeah. Enjoy what like like the Alphabet District and the Pearl and yes. everything else has to offer. I mean, it's yeah. all within walking distance at that point. And like what we're gonna be at Marathon. That's like you said, our spot we're going to sit across the street essentially from the stadium all day and then go to the stadium for the whole evening but there's still so much more you can do i mean honestly like if you're if you're trying i love mazatlan and mazatlan's just a, like a little bit oh, less yes. <laughs> shout well. out
1: mazatlan
0: so if you want some chips and salsa and a margarita yeah. you're a block away from that as well um i, I don't know to do i am well, I mean if this
1: is, if this is your like only Portland trip of the year if you're coming from out of town obviously you know don't go to mason or maybe not, maybe or not there. um but like you can walk to the stadium from Powell's if, if you want oh, to go to a like, pre- pretty big uh, attraction downtown uh you can yeah it's 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 very walkable it's supposed to be a nice day I think <laughs> you, you can, maybe not anymore knock on wood knock on wood, knock on wood. Uh, it won't be a very cold day at least I know that much <laughs> and
0: uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be 65 and partly rainy on Saturday now. Partly rainy? Oh, yeah, like uh, like a tenth of an inch precipitation every that's, hour. That's uh, it's that's it's Oregon a, weather. Pacific.
1: That's Pacific Northwest football weather. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. As, at least at least sitting in a, sitting so in really, a bougie if you...
0: seats with a uh, inside part of a... it.
1: Tan- <laughs> Tana Ridge.
2: I will say the thing that I'm most excited for uh, about this game is just the, the takeover that we'll see in Portland. So like I grew up in Portland, a Beaver fan and I felt like I just felt like it was so few and far between. So to see orange and black all throughout Providence park um, all throughout uh, the, just the general area before the game, I'm very excited for that. And I'm also really excited to see the Beavs play in Providence park. It's a great, old stadium um, yeah. they used to play there all helped. the time yeah they did yeah they yeah. have a history there for sure yeah absolutely um, but it's it's a good mix of an old stadium with sort of modern amenities um, and, and just like the structure of it you have the I, I'm assuming most of our listeners have seen pictures of Providence Park but just the the grandstand that goes straight up um is i think that that's just a really cool feature it's gonna be loud it's gonna be really loud there i think
0: it does get very loud there
2: um shout out blazer Beeve jeff
0: uh at blazer Beeve. he said that, that uh beaver nation needs to fill providence park and be loud for this team 100% yep. agree yep. right um and our, our friend brian miller uh at brian miller 513 brewing the uh, belligerent beer uh, with his pops, and uh, he asked, the ex- he asked, what are our expectations, predictions for the Providence Park game after mm-hmm. now seeing how we played at
1: Fresno? I think um, it'll I, I still have us a, as a win. Uh, I think it will be tough. Uh, I, I don't, like most of our predictions, I don't recall the score that I had. Uh, but as you mentioned, JP Montana State's going to come out. They're going to play with a lot of pride. Montana State's a program that's used to winning and i believe they're ranked yep. 3 or 4 in fcs right, right now uh a lot of good players many of whom who have either pl- were had chances to play uh fbs or recruited including jeffrey manning junior uh a former Beev who played uh in uh 20 in 2017 but also uh, played in every game in uh, 2018 in a bit in 2019 as well so uh, I can bet that jeffrey manning junior is going to be trying to uh, put his his best uh best ball on the field on Saturday. I do think we end up winning, but I'm going to say it's something, you know, like 30 34-17. Uh never never in doubt, but not the runaway that these fans are are hoping for. But Well, I what do, was
0: your original prediction? I can't remember. You don't what? have a
1: notebook? You're a writer. You don't have a notebook? I, I, in front I, of you I wrote you? I wrote down all of our wins and losses. I did I predicted a couple big wins but i don't think this was one of them i think i may have had this one like maybe like 41 21 at, at most so i'm just walking it back a little bit i think 17 point win is where it's gonna where it's gonna end up yeah i've
0: got this at 18 point win so it's 31 13 on my prediction i'm gonna stick with that this time i i have on here don't overlook the bobcast and this is like in my season prediction and this is our first ever matchup against them which is probably more telling about them than us, right? I mean, it, it says a lot about the fact that we would agree to schedule them uh, given how successful they have been recently and how maybe unsuccessful we have been historically in the last 10 years. But um, I did mention in my prediction that there's un- unfamiliar sight lines, a low setting sun, the 5 p.m. kick, an earlier setting sun, will make it difficult for the passing game uh, for either team to get going. So I'm not too worried about their quarterback, and I'm not too worried about chance, though I'd love to see a big chance game. And I said this would be a big running game, and this is going to be a Fedwick Martinez party.
1: Did we only practice there the one time? One time. One time.
2: Yeah. Are we going to be practicing there this week? Good question
1: later in the week, but yeah, maybe they'll come seen... up on
0: Thursday or something. Right. But yeah, th- that would make sense. Uh,
2: I, I think that, so I'm not overlooking this game because Montana state is really good. And I think that Oregon state, uh, if they come in unprepared, overlooking them, looking towards USC they're they will lose. Um, but I don't think that Oregon state, the makeup of the team is going to overlook them and I don't think that the coaches would allow it even if that was the sort of inclination I think Oregon State wins this game 42 to 21 uh, or somewhere thereabouts I think that it's going to be a really strong offensive performance um, both against well Boise they were able to explode for a couple big plays um, quite a few actually Fresno State they they struggled it just seemed, especially in the running game, they really struggled to get that that one to pop. I think that happens, and it opens up the floodgate, so to speak, for the offense. And once they get rolling, they're going to be rolling. Um, I think that a couple things have to happen. I do think that we have to make their quarterback really uncomfortable. He not only threw for over 20 passes, but had 16 carries last week, which is, that's, that's sort of crazy um, that he's involved that much. So if you can get him uncomfortable, I think that you can really dominate uh, their offense or, or um, you know, put the clamps down, so to speak. Yep. Um, but I do think that Oregon State dominates this game because I think that Oregon State is the far superior team, um, even though Montana State is really good. Oregon State is a very good power five team right now. Um, And you cap that on with Oregon State does not have a history of success in the last decade. I don't think that they're going to be that typical power five team that overlooks uh, an FBS team. Um, And and Jonathan Smith doesn't strike me as a coach that would allow that to happen. Uh, But I just I, I just don't think that Oregon State
1: will. Yeah, I agree.
0: Yep. I mean, well, I think this is we're, we're chalking this up as as a victory. It shouldn't be overlooked. It might be easier than yesterday, but there's a lot of things that can that can
1: make Fucking it otherwise colon- and make it. A colonoscopy would be easier than yesterday. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, last question, but also ties into our final bullet and uh, our outline, which we still make yeah, listeners. We are still organized. In a and, band. and it was from uh, Mr. Mega, at Mr. Mega, with four A's. Um, they asked, I'm guessing he asked, how in the world is U of O ranked and we are not? And it goes <laughs> well into the love or lack thereof that uh, the beeves saw in the AP poll. Benny, do you care?
2: I don't care. I mean... Here's the thing: is that they also have Notre Dame ranked ahead of us. They um they they have the <laughs> they have other teams that have one loss, but specifically Oregon losing forty nine to three, they have no business being in the top twenty five teams in the country. Um, there's no argument that could be made for that. Uh, I I think what it is is what you alluded to earlier, Jay, of um writers like how much are they actually watching and i think a lot of it just has to do with um like really honestly oregon has built their brand so people look at them and they're like oh oregon oh yeah they won 70 to 14 last week okay but, and like it it's not any more complicated than that um i almost prefer that yep give them give them that give them that uh, because they're not going to be overlooked by anybody. I'll tell you that. I, Being an Oregon State fan, I'd much rather fly under the radar. Fly under the radar. It makes the losses that much more difficult to process for the other team, which is always a nice added benefit. Um, and and it gives the opportunity, or the it presents the opportunity for teams to overlook you. And that's a competitive advantage. So if that's going to be the case, then great. If we go undefeated, it doesn't matter. We will go to the college football playoffs right like it doesn't matter. That's, rankings right now don't matter. There is
1: genuinely
2: a chance
1: that Notre Dame loses to North Carolina next week and an ON3 Notre Dame team is still ranked and a 4 and 0 North Carolina team is still not. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. could happen. Um and that just goes into my point. you know rankings I, I it'd be fun to see the views ranked, and anyone who's been through the, uh, uh, you know the, just the absolute disaster zone that we've been through <laughs> with with this program, uh, deserves uh, deserves nice things and fun things. Uh, but it's it's all bullshit. It's horseshit right now. That's why you have a team like Oregon ranked right now. Uh, the rankings don't make sense. We've seen most teams play twice. Uh, It's still hard to get a read on who's really good and who's really bad and who's in between. Um, So the people who vote on this truly meaningless poll are just like, oh, Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not going to say Oregon State. Um, because all of them submitted their votes before the third quarter was over last night. So <laughs> maybe, well, maybe they're waiting for the Baylor BYU game to, to end, but they weren't watching CBS sports network that much. I can promise you. Um, <laughs> so, and I'm starting to hear like, uh, listening to the Andy staples show this morning It that show opened. With them talking about the beeves <laughs> on a day in college football, where like yesterday was an awesome day, and this is getting off topic a little bit, but I just want to make sure that we hit on this. Yesterday was an awesome day of college football, it was, it it really was. one of those days that reminds you why, why we love this wacky, frustrating sport so much. It was such a lovely day of college football, incredible storylines, uh, incredible results, some fantastic plays, and we were absolutely part of adding to the storylines and most people who are doing co- covering the whole country and doing general general reports of what's happening are including the Beavs in those storylines and talking about Jack Coletto walk-off touchdown uh, first Oregon State winning Fresno Oregon State's 2-0, like how great is this so I don't want to just lean into the constant like we're, we get no respect, it is ridiculous that we're not ranked based on logic <laughs> and facts but also you know fuck that poll it's not based on any of those things so, so i have that. a question for both of you though uh
0: we win next week blowout style this uh, this upcoming game well, wait 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 one word answer are we ranked no benny
2: yes because i think that there will be teams that's just not
1: one up. word
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes I'm, I'm saying it because i don't believe i don't have faith in these are not players. one words I want to say I, this. Uh, that, I, my my one-word answer is no. Okay, so my my
0: you guys are split on this. I'll, I'll break the the tie here because I prefer to not be ranked and go up undefeated you weren't, you weren't against what USC. We no, I, well, I I assume we're not gonna be ranked too, and, right. but I prefer that, and I think that I prefer I prefer it because I would love to be undefeated and slide under the radar, like Benny had said against USC in Corvallis in a nice late September day and run them off the field I mean I just I my mind says that this team is capable of that but if you set the expectations too early we've seen this before sure that that that, that weighs heavily on on the team's minds and I I, I prefer that we face this onslaught of Tough matchups post these pre-conference games uh, mm-hmm. with a clear mind, with, with a chip on our shoulder. And I I would love to not be ranked, even if we're 3-0. I, I,
2: I agree with you. Um, I The reason I think that we will uh, is that you have A&M, who's the number 24 team, playing Miami this week very very strong chance that AM gets knocked out of the top 25 oregon number 25 team is playing byu this week fuck byu uh but there's a fuck very BYU. strong chance that uh that fuck both that of oregon gets in both yeah, of yeah. programs. yeah uh very strong chance that they get knocked out too so i think there will be spots open if oregon state can can take advantage um i think we're still too uh, deep
1: though to like to like leapfrog eight eight programs right. and there's like what well, we're like thirty based on votes I think Dashell had this they were like thirty seventh yeah or like it's just
2: oh it's, I thought they were higher than that
1: no we it's got, got twenty four we got twenty four total votes
2: mm-hmm. yeah All right, that'd be tough then um I I have a question for you guys here uh so two and zero there's a lot of teams that are two and zero at uh, or Oregon it feels it feels not Oregon that's right not it Notre feels, Dame and we, we have been 2-0 before. It's been a long time, but it's happened. <laughs> it has happened. It has this, happened. That is right. This this feels different. Uh, it feels more special. And I think, I guess the first question should be, do you guys feel that too? If you do, uh, why, why do you think that is? Why do you think it feels more special this year? Or it feels different?
0: I feel like it's complete this year. This is Smith's team for the majority. And... He's got the people, the coaches and and the scheme all within his vision and somebody I saw a tweet about this the other day and it was like there's nothing more fun to watch than Oregon State methodically just march downfield and score and mm-hmm. and I'm like we do this so quietly like our team's persona, especially offensively mirrors Jonathan Smith's persona. Behind the scenes, he is screwing you over eight thousand ways in his brain. But out fr- out front, it's just him with a half smile, kind of looking at you like I barely remember what question you just asked me, right? And so <laughs> I-, I I love that I love that view. I love that this team. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I love that this team is is sitting in that position. I mean, what else can we? Ha- what else more can we ask for at this point at two and zero? Right. Right. It-
1: Definitely feels different, and perhaps feels different than any any other Oregon State season that I've been uh, paying super close attention to, which started in two thousand six. I think there's a part of it is it's year five for Jonathan Smith, and there's something just magical about not necessarily magical, but there's something pertinent about a coach's fifth year. For big fans of the Thirty for Thirty series, one of my favorites, the U, the the first one talks about the U's rise to prominence, and you know Howard Schnellenberger very clearly laid out like his his five year plan. That was Miami wins a national championship, and year five was when they won it. I'm not saying that to guarantee any anything. You heard it here first. Something has been (laughs) something similar has been guaranteed on this podcast, but you You watch that documentary, and it's a great one to revisit. and he, it's it's very interesting because it's this is it shows his methodical approach of him taking a program that was c- could have been described as in disarray and yep. what what year one meant, what year two meant all the way through year five and year five was their national championship year. We just saw another year five coach today get fired in Scott Frost to show an example mm-hmm. of the complete opposite of what happens. I think there was no question how humbled the fan base was late November, 2017, when Jonathan Smith took over and he got off, got off that, that tiny plane. And what <laughs> walked into, you know, our, our, our fairly very big n- enough to hold his nuts. Uh, that, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Scott Barnes got up and yelled. It's a great day to be a beaver when he yep. introduced Jonathan Smith and I think everyone, I I I'd be lying if I said I didn't have questions or I wasn't even like worry or whatever. So there hasn't been many similar five-year stretches to where we are right now. So I think this is completely unfamiliar territory. And I wrote about this after the Boise State game, where it's like it's how fucking refreshing is it? to not be asking like how quick can we recover, but also, but instead, how good can we be? And that's just something that didn't happen a lot. And the fact that it's coming where it still hasn't been five calendar years from when we thought of ourselves as the worst program in the country, uh, it's what's been done is insane and such an achievement. And these guys play their asses off for each other. Uh, the body language and energy that radiates off them shows that they genuinely love each other, uh, from everything that we can see, which is just so fucking fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, agreed. So it, I'm having more fun. This feels, it feels like 2012. Uh, it feels like 09, And in, in ways that I think it was, you know, BCS big time BCS games were at our our thoughts for the end of the year those years uh but it also feels different than that too in i think a very special way um so yeah i'm just, i'm enjoying the hell out of what this team's doing right now and i just let's keep this rolling cuz it's it's a blast and and they it's their it's their own team it's it's their own story and i think they they are very unique from other teams of the past uh and i think that can be felt as well
2: I I think that both of you guys nailed on some really key points. And um, I I think one of the, one of the things is having a good team again. And like, and like you said, having whether they're obtainable or not, I think they are, Uh, but you know, uh, uh, New Year's six bowl aspirations, playoff aspirations, right? Like just being able to talk about that and not just laugh immediately afterwards is a nice departure from what we've seen. Um, The other thing, and I, I don't, it can't be understated. Like I got to the point, and I, I don't know about you guys, but I got to the point in like twenty seventeen where it wasn't even being mad at the team anymore, being mad about the state of affairs. It was just like being numb. It's like, yeah. oh, Oregon State say lost again. What what else is there? Not a surprise. Well, yeah. Well, it was I, also like what
0: what storyline stood out? That was like yeah. the, that was like the silver lining every time. Right. Like, what player had a good showing?
2: Yeah. But nothing exactly. in the
0: grand scheme of things.
2: It, it was just, it was so numbing and like painful on like under the skin sort of way um that it it feels like right now is the first time that you can like fall back in love with being a a a beaver fan when it comes to football or or like letting your heart go there with the team i think everyone is so reserved of like beaver fam knows what heartbreak feels like. And, and you, you, you sort of like don't want to give that full yourself to it. Um, This at least for me feels like the first time where I've been able to, like, I I can get behind not only how this team is playing, but like what they're about and the, the culture that Jonathan Smith has built on it. And I think also too like having a, having a player that had so much success at the program and was such a household name that also adds to it too. You know, he's, you know that he's here for the right reasons. Um, we've accused coaches of, of using this as a stepping stone before, for sure. And I think in many cases, um, not necessarily in football, uh, but it has been. And uh, that there's that's so far from the truth of what we're seeing with Jonathan Smith. He's here for the right reasons. He's building the right type of program, but he's also given us a chance to like love the program again and i think that that's huge
1: yeah and shouts to scott barnes and the entire athletic department because i think this is something that you can feel uh beyond just football pretty clearly right now like we talked like all spring we talked about how much fun softball was because that team was so clearly having so much fun yeah and the football team they're having a fucking blast right now <laughs> yeah. and uh there's so they're so fun to follow They're so fun to listen to uh interviews are great uh the the special videos the um the program puts out of them just you know messing with each other and having fun is are, are all fantastic so it, i think that's just a, a very sort of it, it is natural but it's also sort of carefully curated uh display of you know who we who we are as a program and a campus and a community and when it goes well it goes really well and it's really fun so i think that's something that like we talked about several times on the show how lucky we feel for the timing of when we started this thing yeah. and just how lucky we have been to discover teams that have been successful on the field and on the court but also have been really fucking fun uh to To watch, uh, play, and do their thing as well, and they're clearly having a blast doing it. So that just makes our quote unquote job so much easier here. <laughs> You're getting paid for this?
2: I, <laughs> yeah, wait. were you we sign up for that? Maybe. Um, I uh, I saw on Twitter um, how <laughs> I was like uh, looking at what Fresno State fans were saying on Twitter um but they they were saying they're like oregon state made it look like they won the super bowl after they won the game as if it was a bad thing it's like we should i'm glad we acted that way we should act that way after every game yeah exactly yeah yeah they're just fucking excited being two and oh like good for them that's that's amazing they should be excited
0: you should wake up every day as a beaver fan and celebrate like you just won the super bowl because you woke up a beaver fan
2: yeah. Just yeah. Be like Trayshawn Harrison after the game where he's every morning screaming at the camera. It's not over till it's over. What?
0: Every single morning in the mirror. I, right. want, I want the Beaver fam to wake up to, tomorrow, whatever day today is, and do that. For that that's point right. forward every
2: day. Bring that same energy. That was that's great to see.
1: I agree. Good call out. Good call out. Uh should we move to shout outs,
0: Terry.
1: Yes, we have to shout out the women's soccer team who picked up a big road dub on the East Coast today. Uh against James Madison University. One oh victory. Uh Sawyer service with their her first uh career goal uh for the program. Uh last game before conference play, they have a little bit of a break now. I think twelve days actually. Yeah, uh so we'll wow. get some rest, uh time time to recharge. Um it's a couple couple losses uh so far in the season uh that, uh heartbreaking uh one goal loss to UC Davis and it's a a showcase of how good University of Virginia soccer is um but definitely a good good coaching yeah. experience uh for for coach Lawrence Sinicola and, and uh the Oregon State women's soccer team we'll try and catch up with them uh before their conference slate opens on September 23rd and also the volleyball team is picking up wins as well. Uh just beat Portland in this tournament they're in, they beat North Texas. Uh dropped dropped a match against Utah State. Uh but yeah, definitely picking up more victories earlier in, in the season. So lo- love love to see that. Anything more our resident volleyball expert JP, do you have anything uh, uh to add on you
2: know, the court? They're going to
0: court? The, They're going to the Green Wave Invitational this week starting on Friday in New Orleans, one of all oh, of our hell favorite yeah. cities in yeah. the world uh playing against lsu into lane uh before opening up a conference play against the lame ducks on september 21st in 10 days <laughs> the so,
2: lame ducks <laughs> so two sick, more two more matches
0: <laughs> yeah two more matches before conference play in new orleans let's see what you got i mean they, they definitely played well um they had it had some tough goes earlier in the season, so I'm liking what I'm seeing uh, from the squad. It's a tough sure. schedule,
1: too, for sure. Yep. For sure. Well, have fun in New Orleans. <laughs> Stay focused. Yeah. <laughs> Keep your eye on the on the prize, <laughs> but also... Have celebrate accordingly. Yeah. Have have a, have a po' boy uh, for, for for each of us. Uh, give a give Magazine Street a big old hug for me. I love that place. <laughs> we need to have like a belligerent Beeves off season summit in in New Orleans. We should like, do that. I'm for, yes. so down for that. Maybe oh. maybe uh, off season that'd be like summer. That's hard, but like maybe after football season, we just do a New Orleans weekend. I'm down. Where yeah. Where it's nice and warm. All right, let's. This is the part of the podcast where we plan stuff.
2: I heard Um, they have a festival right before Lent that's fun.
1: Yeah. Mardi Gras?
2: (laughs) Yeah. I think that's what it's called.
1: (laughs) Uh, For how much I've been to New Orleans or how many times I've gone to New Orleans, I've never actually been there for Mardi Gras. I was there for
0: Easter, and that was insanely fun.
1: Right. Oh, I bet it was. It's crazy crazy how – St. Patrick's Day there is amazing. Uh, Benny, you were there with me. I believe that was on St. Patrick's Day or St. Patrick's Day – just after St. Patrick's Day, Benny. Remember, so did, they, they, have, have, did they, they have pirates
2: parades on St. Patrick's Day? Well, no, we just we
1: went to uh, the Valparaiso annual Valparaiso men's choir pirate night. I
2: uh, remember <laughs> so being so fun. They, they said so that to me like I fun. should know
1: exactly what they're talking about. It was one day on the pot. Maybe this is a bonus belligerence uh, subject for the future, Benny. But I think we just need to uh go dissect point for point our adventure not only in new orleans but to new orleans because i haven't had a crazier travel experience than just you and i simply (laughs) trying to fly from portland to new orleans that one year Um, would have been easier
2: to walk i think
1: that it it probably could have been but that's that's how you tease that's how you tease uh mysterious future segment (laughs) folks um (laughs) Thank you again to everyone uh, who tuned into our halftime spaces and our impromptu post game spaces. Uh, halftime spaces are here to stay. Uh, post game spaces, we'll, we'll see. Probably not this Saturday because we'll all be there. Yeah, That's right. We'll do, uh, the post game spaces, spaces will be.
2: Yeah, we'll be at Marathon.
1: Shoot <laughs> us, a, shoot us a DM. We'll probably post. Uh, there should be some good Thursday night football that week too. I get in town Thursday. Benny gets in on Friday we might just tweet out where we're hanging. And if you, if you want to come hang, is that arrogant or whatever? Sure. Whatever. But we want to meet and hang out with as many listeners as we possibly can. Uh, We'll definitely talk about it in the discord chat. So join the discord if you haven't yet and let us know if you're in Portland and if you're trying to hang out and just have a, have a pint or two and, Talk about the game and uh yeah, and have a have a good time. We're really excited, and it's we got stickers. Sticker. We Oh, we yeah. got reup on stickers. Oh, new stickers, new stickers. Oh, what? Never before seen stickers. Never before seen the debut of some yeah. crazy stickers. Yeah, come say hi. Get you a might, sticker like a doctor with the office. world world stickiest adhesive. So don't. <laughs> so be careful with them. Uh, it'll pull your skin off. <laughs> Just kidding. We don't get sued. Um for my uh esteemed co-host as always, uh JP Bertram in Portland. He's at the Trio J on Twitter at the underscore trio underscore J. Uh did any uh Bulldog fans come at you? You're you kinda you didn't none of us talked much shit on Beware of Bulldogs, but you're the one who said the most and also then followed it with your Twitter handle. So I was wondering if anyone Yeah, no, they didn't they still don't return a punt. Oh yeah, they haven't returned a punt for a touchdown in over a decade.
0: Yeah. Uh, I saw I saw a few
1: bulldog accounts who clearly feel some type of way uh, about it. Yeah, but, again, so, yeah. Um, but also at JP Bertram on Instagram. Uh, thank you, JP, in advance for letting me stay at your place. That hopefully right here have covid i'll be sleeping right behind where you're sitting right now uh we might get to record in person again that'd be such a joy Ooh, to yeah. be in portland uh on thursday from thursday to monday uh where i'll be also hanging out with benjamin lawrence sebastian we age. that's not hey four people that's just one guy he's benny with the good quaff he's benny bedlam because he's crazy <laughs> benny <laughs> scoops at benny l 1986 on twitter and on instagram i'm terry horseman at terry horseman on twitter at tyrant solstman on the instagram uh that accent's getting worse i need to stop doing it it's no I stopped, keep i stopped watching bridgerton so it's like not like as like Fresh. I'll, I'll get. I'll get on my. How season. much
2: were you watching Bridgerton? I just watched the that first it became, season. Oh. is it okay? Nice. It's
1: fun. It's fun. It's fun. Okay, That's how I right. describe Bridgerton. It is fun <laughs> and <laughs> and horny. Uh, fun and horny. What what a what a vibe. Uh, so and you are the beaver fam and we are so happy you're here uh thank you for uh hanging out with us for soaking up all of these two and oh vibes with us beaver fam we love you so much. Uh, thank you for helping us out, for joining our Patreon, for uh, rating, reviewing, five stars, and for sharing the show with a friend. Uh, every time someone new listens and uh, reaches out to us, it really just it, it makes our whole hearts. So thank you for that. Uh, please keep doing it. We'll see you in Portland this weekend. And before we do, remember that no matter what, 2 and 0, 0 and 2, ranked, unranked, whatever that bullshit, no matter what they say, they cannot spell chop them without hope. Chop them. Chop them. Chop them. Bring back Bernice.